0: I'm your host Katie Halper, and I'm joined as always by Gabe Pacheco.
1: Yes, hello, it's me, Gabe Pacheco. Uh, present.
0: Present. He's he's a very good student. Present
1: and clear. Clear and Been present. Been doing the auditing at the Scientology Temple, and I'm clear. Awesome. I've made it.
0: Clear and present danger, Carlos danger, which we'll get to in a second.
1: Carlos danger mouse.
0: And uh, r- of course, Reggie, our engineer. Yeah, chief. I'm here. how are you doing, guys?
1: How hey, are you? What's up?
0: What's up? We have a really great show for you guys today. First of all, we're going to go through some stories, some headlines. That'll be awesome. But then during the second half, we're going to speak to someone pretty amazing. So you guys may have heard of this Colin Kaepernick story.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, As you know, he is a quarterback for the 49ers. This is so Do you know what that is, foreign Patty? for me, like to even talk about. I need I have a glossary in front of me right now. San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers. They're named after the 49 was 1849 when they struck gold. Yeah, it's correct. How guys, I get the history of it. I don't get any of the sports stuff. In fact, you know how people you sometimes use sports analogies to explain something political? For me, <laughs> I, I like need a political analogy to understand the sports thing. <laughs> um, so this, so as you probably know, um, Colin, am I saying it right? Kaepernick? Kaepernick. Kaepernick, yeah. He refused to stand during a football game on Friday night during the national anthem.
1: I get that. You know, I don't like to stand up when people tell me to stand up, you know. It's like the, I'm oh, right.
0: I'm a I thought you were making that joke that like Cedric the Entertainer made about Rosa Parks.
1: No. It's something okay. like that, but you know, I used to have to go to Catholic uh, church right. and you gotta stand, you gotta kneel, you gotta stand, you gotta kneel, you gotta sit. It's, it's, it's a, b- a whole bunch of malarkey.
0: It, it, malarkey, indeed, yeah. And it's a pain.
1: But I think he's doing it for it's more significant reasons than, than what I was not wanting to stand for.
3: Right. There is police brutality, so that's a large part of it. There are a lot of things that are going on that are unjust, people aren't being held accountable for, and that's something that needs to change.
0: And we're going to go over that story later, but we're also going to talk to someone named Tony Smith. Full disclosure, I happen to know Tony Smith from growing up, but that's not why we're having her on the show.
1: Were you guys on a basketball team as children? No,
0: but that's we actually did, well, I don't know if it, I should probably clear it with, we did a certain cultural activity together. She's a Renaissance woman. I'm not. But um, Tony Smith, in 2003, when she was playing uh, college basketball f- at Manhattanville College in Purchase, New York. It was on the eve of the Iraq War, and she turned her back on the uh, during the pledge of allegiance. She turned her back to the flag, and this was before the age of social media. But it was such a big deal that it was a, it became a viral sensation and sparked lots of protests and lots of blowback. Uh, even though there was no social media to speak of that,
1: I mean, and at that moment in time, two thousand two, I mean, everybody was amped up to go to war with somebody. Two thousand
0: three. Uh, two thousand
1: three. Yeah. I mean, close enough. Yeah, yeah, of course. I had yeah. I had friends that wanted to get uh, put Donald Rumsfeld's face on their lunchbox. Oh my god! Back then, to
0: anyone want to attack real
1: liberal people too? You know, but they were yeah. like, "Hey, we got to trust these guys in charge." Unless you're uh, the
2: Dixie chicks, yeah, true. they were they already opposed. already against and, it. They were yeah. good then. They yeah, yeah, they
0: apologized it. to George Bush. I mean, for George Bush. They right. apologized to, to the world for Texas and George Bush. Um,
1: That's a lot of Apollo. That's exhausting. I know it this is. There's a billion people got, out there. There was a
0: big backlash against them. Big it was time. ridiculous. Big time. So that are, are in the news today, this week, as you may have heard, uh, a very sad story. Uh, you guys, brace yourselves. Are you ready for this? Anthony Weiner and Huma Abedin, his, yeah. his wife... The other half. The other half, they are separating.
4: Puma's had enough and announced she's separating from her husband, former Congressman Anthony Weiner. According to the New York Post, the former congressman has been sexting with a new woman, exchanging photos of their bodies, his bulge, and one of them showed his son sleeping next to him. The woman in question was interviewed by the Post under the condition of anonymity. She did reveal she lives on the West Coast and is a big supporter of Donald Trump. The mystery woman is definitely not Weiner's wife, Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton's top aide, who stood by his side when he was first caught up in a sexting scandal in 2011 that ended his congressional career and again in 2013 when he ran for mayor of New York City. For InsideEdition.com, I'm Mara Montalbano.
0: It, this was ju- one uh, sexting scandal too many for Huma to abide by.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm thinking of like the Millie Vanilli song Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You. Oh, girl, girl,
2: I'm Gonna Miss You, baby. Like oh just a God. breakup,
1: just breakup songs going through my head right now. <laughs> So sad. So sad. So sad. Do any of them have they were so cute together.
0: Compulsive texting as the cause? Compulsive texting Not of, yet. of um, penis shots? No. It
1: really is the worst way to, to lose someone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's true. This was the worst, though, I have to say. And but for the record, I'm someone who always defends Anthony Weiner or has in the past. I was. I went on MSNBC to defend Wiener, and I started a Facebook page called We Want Wiener.
3: She started a Facebook group in support of Wiener.
2: I like that. Katie, let's start with you. So what made you start the Facebook group?
0: I was just really annoyed with the way the Democrats were rolling over and not fighting at all. And what was interesting is that this scandal has actually made me like Anthony Weiner that much more, not for what he did in his personal life, but it reminds me of how different he is from most Democrats. The irony is that I feel like Weiner is the only guy in office who would have known how to fight back against something like this. And I, th- I think that maybe the reason people are so upset about Anthony Weiner is because this didn't result in any actual sexual relationships. Maybe that's the issue. Like, they're disappointed. Maybe that's why he had to apologize for, to Clinton. <laughs> it's like the, the lack of action that it that it brought about. That's the only Your way you can be explain thinking, the discrepancy.
2: Hey, right. They were both supposed to be thinking, hey, you know, when when we get involved in a sex scandal, it's actually a sex scandal. Yeah, like we go. Like full this guy's out. a rookie, doesn't know what he's
0: doing. I mean, I've always said I wouldn't want to be married to him, but maybe they have an open relationship. What do I know? And my big thing is that I really It really matters when you're a social conservative and you do something like sexting. It doesn't matter to me when you're a liberal because it's not hypocritical. If you're legislating homophobia, legislating misogyny, legislating against a woman's right to choose or people's right to sleep with whomever they want, Talking about family family values um church and state you want to smush those together mm-hmm. even more than they already Make are a church
1: and state sandwich yes exactly someone my history teacher used to say that american history is a ham and jeff sandwich hamilton and jefferson oh i like you just that. think about those two people and oh, we're just nice. ham and jeff yeah the, well i feel like it's church a focaccia. and state It's a focaccia. it up yeah yeah
0: it's smushed it's not even discrete pieces it's like yeah. the cheese is melted into it and what we really need, at least, are two like discrete pieces of bread. Right, right. Even you if there's want... some meat in there, but I don't want cheese melding and melting. Mm-mm. We don't want that. So that's my little soapbox speech. But come on, Anthony, you have a problem. I saw the documentary; was great.
1: I, you know what? I just want. I think he should uh, lead tours of ethnic parades in New York. Oh my God! That's what he Dave should do for a job. referring
0: to this part in the Wiener documentary. Am I right? Yep where he, there's an, a brilliant montage. So there was a, a documentary called Wiener, and it's all about his attempt to rehabilitate himself and run for mayor after the first scandal. That's in which, correct. In which a lot of photos were released. Um, and
1: th- Lots of candid shots in that movie of his uh, domestic life at home with a very stoic Huma.
0: Huma, right. Very business-like. Also, the house was incredibly sterile. Yes. I don't, like, really, like...
1: Great ki- island in the kitchen. Yeah, good little island. island sink. Yeah, good islands. Yeah,
0: island. Yeah, and then they had their kid's name on the wall on a decal, which I thought was so weird. Little little Jordan. Is that his name? I think I so. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um
1: Somebody's gonna can fact check me.
0: Yeah, hello, someone. On the- no, I'm just kidding. So this this was like a really gross one because he basically used his four year old kid as chick bait. He sent a uh, woman. Now, wait. Honestly, though, he clearly but, has a compulsion or he wants to get caught. Because this is, like, how many how many times has he done this so far?
1: I mean that he got caught for three.
0: Yeah. And now it's uh, involving – it's to a woman – it and was
1: funny, though. It was funny, though, because he, he wrote somebody, he texted, uh, somebody, somebody just crawled, crawled into, into bed with, with me. me. And she's like, who? And that's like, I would do that. Yeah, Not I've done a kid, that. I've like, done that know, with my dog. With your dog, exactly. It's like, it's an adorable mm-hmm. bait and switch. It you is know? a cute
0: little bait and switch. Yeah, that's true. I've done that with someone with my, uh, I was like, oh, I'm sleeping in bed with someone or or someone's taking up too much room on my bed. And then and you, the guy and then was it's like, a... oh what and i was like it's my and i sent a photo of my little pooch bodie who's so cute and the person i sent it to was like oh i thought you had a side piece right uh anyway so that's that's how uh Miener and i and i met him at the dnc i'll have to share our my kind of weird how talk. was his handshake we didn't shake hands i wouldn't touch that hand Are okay you kidding me? <laughs> i'd have to have a lot of hands on my i'm just kidding i don't want to sex shame anyone um He's also terrible on Israel-Palestine, but he's great on ethnic it's all about parades. He there's a montage of him at every ethnic parade, imaginable in New York. He's like "Viva Colombia!" and he's grabbing the flag and waving it like a like. He looks like he's a marshal of every ethnic parade, basically, despite his very obviously phenotypically Jewish uh, presentation. He presents Jewish. Yes. I can say this as a Jew. He could maybe be Italian, but no one's gonna think he's Latino.
1: But he's definitely not from like the Antilles.
0: That's for sure. Yeah, right. definitely not from uh, Trinidad. Right. No. But uh, yeah, he grabs the thing and he and he does the dancing. He says something in the language, and it's it's one of the it's such a good montage. He's a man for
1: all seasons. He's a man guy. for all
0: seasons and all people. Um, another really moving part of that is actually when he gets into a thing at a gro- at a bakery. A, ju- a guy in a yarmulke says something to him, insults him. You don't get why Wiener gets so defensive. You kind of think he's just being his usual volatile self. But then you realize it's revealed that the guy said something about his wife being Arab. And so he does this great shaming thing. It's so- this is why I still love Wiener because when he talks about health care, He's such a bad ass. He really is. And I saw him the other. I was looking at stuff. He like testified for about De La Soul and about like how we can't censor rap music. And he's like, look, a, a lot of the underground hip hop is. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, gave such a sophisticated yet well versed in hip hop underground hip hop speech. But um, this is was very cool when he he kind of t- says to this guy in the in the in the yarmulke who says something in reference to his wife who is Saudi, um, Huma Abedin. He says something like, who are you to judge me? This is Wiener. Who are you to judge me? That's between me and God. Who are you to judge me? And it's a very kind of rabbinical exchange. It's yeah. really great. But here's what I'm thinking, right? Since they're separating, you know, the right wing always has these rumors going around about uh, Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin having an affair. I'm like, make it happen. What do you have to lose? Yeah. You might as well do it now, right?
1: You know, and you know what I like about Huma? What? Separated from the problematic man.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a good example. Let's see if it affects her career, though. If she <laughs> succeeds politically, we're going to have a great precedent. Um,
2: so you think uh, this latest uh, uh, scandal will ruin uh, Wiener's chance of running for mayor again? I think so. I call Pretty him, much dead, huh? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be in a porn film next. I'm not kidding. I really see him doing that. He loves attention. He loves He uh, doesn't
2: have too many options. <laughs> yeah, I know. He could <laughs> write a bunch of
0: books. He could like, give talks about his compulsions and compulsive behavior. Very smart. Um, so, some other stories. You may have heard, this is a sad, sad news. Um, Gene Wilder died mm-hmm. at the age of 83 and it was revealed that he was suffering from Alzheimer's. And they hadn't, he, hadn't, he decided not to tell people that because he didn't want children to be upset. Like, he didn't want all the children who likes him because of his role in The Producers. Just kidding. Because <laughs> of his role in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, and so that's very touching. But, and his, and his, uh, his nephew wrote a nice note about it. And, of course, Gene Wilder was in Young Frankenstein. That's my favorite. He was also in uh, Blazing Saddles. Blazing also, he Saddles, did a lot of yeah. stuff with uh, Richard Pryor.
1: Stir Crazy. Stir Crazy. One of the best.
0: See No Evil, Hear No Evil. I that, love that, that was, one.
1: That was a great one.
0: Were they deaf and blind in that? That's yeah. right. Yeah. That was a great one. And great on disability Silver, rights. Silver,
2: uh, silver, silver Streak. Silver Streak. Silver Streak, right. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were in four films together. Yeah. yeah, they were they were great. Collaborate. They collaborated well with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Great it's chemistry.
2: Very good chemistry. They worked well. I'm, I'm you know, he. Was I a loved watching genius. them in prison together. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. they're Crazy is yeah. the best one. Yeah,
0: and his his uh, nephew Jordan Walker Perlman said uh, that his his decision to to not disclose his Alzheimer's was quote um, was not as a result of vanity, there were times we could go out to dinner as a family and children would light up at the sight of him and smile. And because he never lost his instinct or sense or sensibility, it occurred to him that if that disease were made public, that then after that smile, some parent may then say something about disease or sadness. And he was such that he could not bear to be responsible for one less smile in the world. But some interesting things about Gene Wilder, I'm not sure if you guys knew about this. Do you know what his uh, real name is?
1: Jerome Silberman.
0: How'd you know that?
1: Yeah, who else has Wikipedia in this room? Yeah, who else? None of our (laughs) listeners
0: does. He's a Milwaukee native. He was born Jerome Silberman on June 11th. Yeah. What, Milwaukee or the name? Milwaukee. Yeah. No, 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 no.
2: Did did Jerome uh, Silberman? Silberman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On June 11th,
0: 1933. Now, this is really moving and interesting. When he was six, his mother suffered a heart attack that left her A semi-invalid. Not sure that's the right word, but that's what this article said. Uh, He soon— I mean, the PC word. He soon began improvising comedy skits to entertain her. The first indication of his future career. A
1: regular Patch Adams.
0: Yeah, he started taking acting classes at age 12 and continued studying through college in 1961. Wilder became a, Lee Stras- a member of Lee Strasberg's prestigious Actors Studio in Manhattan and that same year he adopted the stage name Gene Wilder and of course we all know that he married the comedic genius Gilda Radner. Um, now we want to get to our final story before we have our special guest Tony Smith and this story is something that's very near and dear to our the dear co-host that is Gay Pacheco. Now basically
1: is this bad news or good news? What it's is this? It's
0: EpiPen news.
1: <gasps> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. This is oh, this is horrific. This, this is, is really bad. So EpiPens have gone up in uh, price 400 percent. Right. Yeah.
5: Pharmaceutical giant Mylan increased the price of its allergy injector by some 400 percent in less than a decade. In 2007. The wholesale price of the life-saving drug in the U.S. was $57. Less than a decade later, it now costs over $300. Across the United States, millions of children and adults rely on the pocket-sized EpiPen to counteract fatal allergic reactions from common occurrences such as bee stings and peanut consumption.
1: Epinephrine, uh, each one of those sticks... The auto-injectors has $1 worth of epinephrine in it, the hormone that will stop a massive allergic reaction. And you got to have two of them. You can't just have one EpiPen because if you have one and the spring loader malfunctions, you <gasps> want to have a second one ready to go. So, you know, I'm walking around with $1,000 in my By the way, you should bag.
0: explain. Why do you know this, Gabe?
1: Oh, why do I know you this? You suffer from? Because I'm reckless and promiscuous with all foods. I would never ask what the ingredients are. But and they I'd... don't know your allergies. People, well, my allergies are horrific, but uh, I have um, mostly nuts. Nuts is the worst. So any type of uh, peanut, walnut, pine nut, peanut. pistachio, yeah. almonds, um, and, and some people out there are going to say, well, Gabe, uh, peanuts are not a nut, they're a legume. Legume, right. I understand that, but that, you know. Your body doesn't care. My... My Tell body, that's your body. Yeah, my body is very confused. And this idea that they're going to put out a generic uh, little auto-injector.
5: On Monday, the manufacturer of the EpiPen Mylan announced it'll essentially sell the same product under two brands at separate price points in competition with each other. However, consumer advocates say the cost of the generic drug is still prohibitively expensive and triple the price of what EpiPen cost in 2007 when Mylan acquired the product.
1: Uh, sure. Well, that's like the same as if you have twenty dollars sneakers, and then you rise raise the price of the sneakers to one hundred and twenty, and then you say, "But don't worry, guys, we're they're on sale now, so it's only a dollars Yeah, it's
0: a great it's a great gimmick, right? It's a great trick.
1: Oh, but the other thing is the collusion between the government and uh, the pharmaceutical companies on this. The CEO of Mylan is. Related to a senator?
5: Meanwhile, Milan CEO Heather Bresch's total compensation has spiked from around $2.5 million in 2007 to almost $19 million today. Gresh is the daughter of Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia.
1: Yeah. So what you're seeing there is 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 backdoor deals between um, the Senate and uh, uh, government officials and their children. And they had in 2013, they had an act to get federal funding um, for schools that were stockpiling EpiPens. So they sort of created a situation where schools had to buy EpiPens. And then once they were forced by the government to buy EpiPens, they raised the price.
0: Yeah, this is always the thing that happens, is that people pretend it's free market. They they pretend, oh, look, this is just fair because it's free market. First of all, I disagree with that. I think we should not be, um, like, inhumane because of the free market. But just accepting their logic, let's say I'm I'm, I'm a libertarian, right? Morally, ethically, in principle. It's just not true because the government enables these big businesses and corporations to do the things that they do. Like you said, it's collusion. So almost always when you hear about free market, scratch free market, and you'll get some government participation.
1: Uh, a lot of, yeah, a lot of EpiPen usage in my life. And uh, I've, I've entertained a lot of people by stabbing myself in the thigh with an EpiPen over the course of my um, my 30 something years on this planet
0: how many times have you used
1: over one? a dozen really over a I dozen i seriously
0: times. didn't think it would be that, that many times so when
1: you add up the price of what oh, yeah. that is out of pocket without insurance uh you know i mean that's enough money to put put a down payment on uh, a a, on re- a, sm- a reasonable small African ca- country small african country a reasonable um uh two door yeah. or maybe even like a mids like a sedan
0: three door maybe
1: could be like a like a fleet of vespas
0: yeah why not? Um, now, what would have happened to you on these various occasions? Um, my
1: my throat would have uh, swelled shut. Anaphylactic shock is just, it's massive, uh, massively traumatic to your whole body. But once your throat swells shut, you can't, uh, the, you'd have to be intubated. And um,
0: Were you ever intubated?
1: I was when I was 14.
0: So what's that like?
1: Oh, man. Well, uh, they need to sedate you as well. Uh, and you uh,
0: so you couldn't breathe at you this can't point?
1: breathe so they have to put a pipe put it down your down th- your throat esophagus. yeah for that um, I was out unconscious for a day and a half but uh, but I mean
0: sorry before you got intubated
1: oh well they have to put that down your throat before your throat swells shut so it's about shut so they to knew shut. that the uh, EpiPens weren't working Okay. So the thing is is that once you take an EpiPen, it's going to suppress your immune system for uh, like 40 minutes, but you can have a rebound attack once the drugs wear off. So that's why you should have more than one at a time and then still go see a doctor no matter what. Wow. Yeah, it's uh and and every everywhere should have Right. one on stock I I do believe that schools should have them yeah and uh, but but for anybody out there that uh, is having an anaphylactic uh, reaction and can't get to an ambulance just walk into a public school and scream at the people in the main office to give you an EpiPen since now they're stockpiled there
0: yeah it's true that's a good idea I like it life hack life, hack. life hacks with Gabe Pacheco we should have that we should totally have that as a feature on the show seriously
1: mm-hmm.
0: now uh, so those are some of the headlines uh, this is democracy. Just kidding. That's what I always hear when I say that. Or this is the first time I've said that. But so those are some of the headlines. I'm Amy Goodman. This is Democracy Now! The War and Peace Report. Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. Just kidding. It's Katie Alper. And now we're really excited to have on our show Tony Smith Thompson. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear us? Yeah. Is there an echo? It adjusts. Okay. It's kind of. There's a great R. Kelly song about echo. Yodley, yodley,
4: yodley.
0: Okay, but this segment has nothing to do with R. Kelly, obviously. Toni Smith-Thompson, she in 2003, when she was a college basketball player at Manhattanville College, turned her back on the flag during the national anthem. David Zirin interviewed her at The Nation the other day. And she was on Outside the Lines, which is apparently some kind of sports show that is affiliated with ESPN.
3: Protesting the anthem and flag in some form or fashion has been a polarizing decision by athletes. Tony Smith discovered that in 2003 when she turned her back during the anthem in protest at the beginning of the Iraq War. The decision got national attention, even though Smith played at Manhattanville College, a Division III school in Purchase, New York. Here's an excerpt of a story we did on Smith in March of 2003.
4: What Tony Smith also accomplished was setting off a national debate. The senior captain says she never thought her silent protest, turning away from the flag during the anthem, would spark actual protests outside of her games. The school received thousands of emails, some urging her to be used as a human shield in Iraq. But Smith says America's impending war with Iraq was just part of her motivation. There are many inequalities in this country. Um, which I hope people are aware of, um, basically being that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And there are a lot of things that aren't addressed in this country because our priorities are elsewhere. The FLAG stands for the millions and millions of indigenous people who were massacred to, to claim it. It means the millions of those enslaved in order to build it up, and it means the millions of those who are still oppressed in order for it to prosper.
0: And I've actually, Tony, been wanting to have you on for a while, and I was kind of trying to think of a connection, and then this presented itself. And by this, of course, I mean the Colin Kaepernick story. And (laughs) everyone probably knows this, but San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick made the decision to not stand for the national anthem before his team's preseason game against the Green Bay Packers. And afterwards, he made a a statement, I am not going to stand up to show pride in the flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. This is Colin Kaepernick.
3: There are a lot of things that are going on that are unjust, people aren't being held accountable for, and that's something that needs to change. That's something that, you know, this country stands for freedom, liberty, justice for all. And it's not happening for all right now.
0: So, Tony, can you tell us what, how you reacted when you heard about that?
4: I, I was stunned. I woke up sat- Saturday morning and news had broke, and I was just glued to my phone and computer all day. Um, it was really surreal to watch it unfold that I could predict the next arguments that were going to come out because they were so similar. To the arguments against me, why why I shouldn't do it, why it's not appropriate, why not a sports field, and then going through the reasons why he's not qualified to speak out on oppression, uh, it really just unfolded the exact same way, and I couldn't stop watching it.
0: Outside the lines, did a mashup mm-hmm. uh, of some of the criticism mm-hmm. that 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 people mounted against Colin Kaepernick, and also you should know because we'll bring this up, Colin Kaepernick is biracial. Uh, he has a white mother and black father but was adopted and raised by white parents. So his, yeah. his biological parents, one is white, one is black, and that will come up when we talk about a particularly interesting criticism. So, I'm gonna play some criticisms, and then I'm gonna see which of them resonate with you and you faced, okay? okay. Should I like shout it out? Sure, um, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> I wish you had a buzzer, okay, yeah, that's true. I know.
3: <laughs> but choosing to protest the national anthem and the flag crosses the line for Kaepernick's critics. As you'll hear from some of them in the sports world, they have zero tolerance for choosing this as a protest option.
0: This is Alejandro. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. So we already got one. That's one. <laughs> All of that, yeah. All of that. This is Alejandro Villanueva, a Pittsburgh Steelers tackle. Okay, this is what he had to say.
1: I don't know if, if the most effective way is to sit down uh, when the national anthem of a, a country that's providing you freedom and is providing you $60 million a year uh, is, uh, is is the best way to do it. when there are. Black minorities that are dying in uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan and, and, and protecting our freedom for less than twenty thousand dollars a year. This is this his decision? Obviously, he's brought up the issue uh, in a great way, but I think if he encourages other players or other people in the stands to sit down, um, it's going to send the wrong message.
0: Okay. So, anything of that? Did you get any of that?
4: Well, yes, minus the sixty million, right. but I would if substitute only. the sixty million for um, scholarship money for college.
0: So people would attack you saying, why are you being ungrateful?
4: That's right. Give back your scholarship money, even though Division Three does not give out athletic scholarships. Mine was an academic scholarship, but still give back the money. You're ungrateful. This was not the appropriate form of protest.
0: Right. And how were these criticisms lobbed at you since this was pre-social media?
4: Right. Um, ESPN Outside the Lines, shows like that, letters that came to me. Uh, like like message boards or whatever the iteration of it was then there was like you could comment on things I guess so those were the three main main places.
0: Now this next guy is John Eisner. Is that his? He's a tennis Eisen, player. Right. He's the worst. I mean, just listen to what he says.
3: I thought that was pathetic from him. I I don't uh, the the cause he was going for fine by me, uh, but don't do it in in, in that in that fashion. That he could have found. Um, some other ways to uh, to um, present his voice there. A lot of NBA players have done it and good on them. But for him doing it in that way really irked me.
0: I just want – I'm not a violent person, but I definitely want to – lift him up by the collar and bang him into a locker, which I've never felt the desire to do. I think it's the whole talk about <laughs> sports thing that makes me want to do that. I find it like even more offensive when it's a
4: white person.
0: I mean, I find it offensive no matter who it is. But there's something like he's so entitled and calling it pathetic.
4: Yeah, and you know, the thing that gets me is that there are, it's so easy for people to say, not this way, this was not the right way to do it. Well, somebody tell me what is the right way? Kaepernick is talking about the oppression of people of color. What is the proper form of protest that does not make anybody uncomfortable that will resolve and bring justice to people of color who are not experiencing it?
0: Right. I mean, the point of protest isn't to be like bank, <laughs> tapping someone on the shoulder. If, Excuse me, I, I'd like to talk to you about right.
4: something. If it upsets
0: no one, it's not a protest. Right. I do think it's funny. All the guys who say that, they're like, I'm okay with what he did. Of course, it's great. Except he did something terrible. Like, <laughs> well, I wouldn't have done it, but... Yeah. And, and yeah. another response that was interesting was from Rodney Harrison, who is a former yeah. uh, a- athlete, I guess a football person, said, I tell you this, I'm a black man and Colin Kaepernick, he's not black. He cannot understand what I face and what other young black men and black people face or people of color face on every single day. There was a huge backlash to that. And then uh, Harris said he didn't know he was quote unquote mixed.
4: Yeah, and, and he did backtrack and, right, and say that he didn't know, and right, I don't know that that right. really makes amends at all. But it, I'm clearly not even as as brown-skinned as Kaepernick, and he's being criticized for not being black enough. Um, but it certainly did play out similarly um, in that a lot of people just saw my picture in the paper. There wasn't broad discussion about my background in all of the articles and coverage, and so people did just assume what my identity was, and I, you know, the... My, uh, my story went as far as I'm a privileged white girl who grew up in Westchester, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the tales were like far and wide to the point where I was like, oh, is that who I am? Really? I should look up if that's really who I am because right. I didn't know that I was that person. You,
0: you're, you didn't um, know you moved. You had a change of address. That was also time travel and, and change <laughs> right, where you grew
4: up. I should just right.
0: mention quickly that Tony is from the Upper West Side and you're, you have a black father and Jewish mother, white Correct. Jewish mother. Bluish. Do you identify as bluish?
4: Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't have one identity at this right. point. I call myself a person of color. Right. I say that I'm mixed. It really depends on what I'm conveying in the moment.
0: And did anyone assume you were of color when this happened? No. Oh. No, I, think I don't so. think
4: so. It wasn't until I came out with a statement okay. that I think um, made that clear. I mean, you wouldn't. You know, most people would not know from seeing my picture in a grainy newspaper.
0: Yeah.
4: So understandable. But I mean but going back to that point, um it it's really difficult to go down the path of who has suffered enough to speak out on issues. You start to quantify what someone has experienced and not experienced. We have no idea what Kaepernick has experienced growing up. Um, it really doesn't matter if he's mixed or not. I mean, the, the specifics of your identity should really not be the um, prerequisite for whether or not you can speak out on injustice. I mean, is that really what we want this country to be, that you can only speak out on issues that personally impact you? No, that's, we're actually trying to do the opposite. We're trying to get people who are not impacted to care.
1: The point is to be the voice of the voiceless.
3: This stand wasn't for me. This stand wasn't because I feel like I'm being put down uh, in any kind of way. This is because I'm seeing things happen to people that don't have a voice. People that don't have a platform to talk and have their voices heard and affect change. So I'm in a position where I can do that, and I'm going to do that for people that can't
1: then uh if you have celebrity to use your platform in a way to uh bring light to issues i think of like marlon brando going to all the oscars and talking about native american issues uh for one and i mean i wasn't alive to see that but i guess it happened and then (laughs) why
0: weren't you allowed to see it
1: no i wasn't alive so i I did not see it (laughs) it. yeah but
4: (laughs) you know and also this notion that he's uh, made millions of dollars in the NFL and should be grateful and therefore shouldn't speak out. Well, then who should speak out? People who are not wealthy because exactly. we listen to them so often because they listen to us so often? That's such no, a good I mean, point. this is a country where money talks. Yeah. The people who get the biggest platform are people who have money. In fact, one of our presidential candidates, right, is running on a platform of this country is not great and I have so much money. Therefore, right. listen to me. Totally. I mean, so, how are you going to throw this argument then back in someone's face? Maybe because he's a person of color, maybe because he's an NFL player? I don't know, but you know, it's it's very subjective, right? It's kind of convenient to use that argument when it seems to fit.
0: I mean there are two there right. it seems like there are a couple of issues. <laughs> One is that God forbid the problem were like white privileged people taking a stand and speaking out against this. Like God forbid that's the problem that we have to deal with, right? Right. Um, oh, and
4: please then, let that be the problem. I know.
0: And then and then the other thing is this is kind of the Obama. Uh, phenomenon which is where people say oh he's not really black because he was raised by his white family and right. it, I mean it, it's. I think a big part of it is that who, you have the right to protest no matter what you also have the right to identify as no matter what but this this guy much Obama walks down the street and the world sees him as black right they mm-hmm. notice that he's light skinned I assume but they read him as a black man the racists at least do right and I think yep. that with um, Kaepernick I don't I, this is a weird thing he I don't could want be to like a like tan a israeli yeah he could be he could be in a town he could be lots of things arab middle eastern i mean he
4: could be but yeah. if you look at his twitter feed right now people who are upset with him identify him as nothing other than black
0: right and exactly. not that yeah, word exactly right. you know right, right, right a word that starts with n i'm assuming but yeah. the other thing is i heard people say about him like oh he's just doing this because he is having trouble as an athlete and he's doing this as kind of an insurance policy thinking that they won't fire him or cut him if he's done this because they'll fear looking like they're taking a stand against him for political reasons it's like guys look at the man's twitter feed
4: first of all i can't
0: recommend it enough it's like is he single by the way i gotta find out he's you know everyone uses the expression woke ironically to make fun of someone who tries to be woke but isn't i really think this guy is the definition of woke
4: I mean, he's been speaking out on issues from from before this this protest, Um, and even if he weren't, you know, I mean, so does it really matter when someone gets woke? Does it really matter when someone decides now is the time? I mean, if someone had an epiphany in the middle of the night, would we say like, whoa, whoa, you need to marinate on that for the next year while we continue being oppressed? You can't, you know, you have to like earn the right to now speak out no i mean we we want people to speak out i mean i why speculate on people's motivations for speaking out on injustice right we 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 need all the help we can get right, right? We're, not, we're not like in an abundance of kind of like influence and power to change policies and practices in this country and i personally don't I, i'm not going to look into his motivations right. he's taking a stand it's a really unpopular dangerous stand he's putting his career on the line and let's applaud him for that mm-hmm.
0: I, I totally agree with you like he could have had the the epiphany the revelation five minutes before the game happened. I just think it's funny because his Twitter line timeline is such a testament to his his wokeness and his his deep deep commitment to social justice. So even their stupid lie is just so disprovable or not even convincing.
4: Other athletes have taken um, stands and used the court or the field to stage kind of more moderate protests. And Kaepernick, more than any other athlete that I can remember, has really addressed the issues so dead on, so hard hitting. He went right for um, the issue of police not being held accountable for, you know, unjust
3: police violence. I mean, people are dying in vain because this country isn't holding their end of the bargain up as far as, you know, giving freedom and justice and liberty to everybody. It's something that's not happening. And you don't hear athletes
4: really get to the heart of that. We hear kind of blanket statements about justice, blanket statements about um, kind of moving society forward and all getting together and bridging gaps and whatever. Um, And he's not. He's not doing that. He's not trying to find common ground. He's saying, no, no. This is the issue we need to talk about. There are bodies in the street. And I haven't heard anybody else say that. And you don't do that if your goal is to further your career or try to kind of secure your contract. Like, that's, you don't do that. Yeah, It's, it's not, dangerous.
1: It's not Jay-Z's uh, <laughs> Occupy All Streets t-shirts. It's, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> it's, a bit it's, more specific, yeah. Yeah, it's nuanced and uh, yeah. pointed.
0: And he said, to me, yep. this is bigger than football. It would be selfish on my part to look the other way. There are bodies in the street and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. Now, Tony, I'm so upset because we barely even got into your story. I'm going to make a, pr- uh, can I, can I trap you and trap you for another interview that we do not on live on the air so we can play it on a podcast and have a special podcast of it? Sure, no, sure. No, yeah, work. no pressure. I'm just, you know, asking you on li- now live. <laughs> no, because I, I really didn't like, like a marriage proposal. Exactly. No pressure. Um, yeah, speak. And now I have the image of that. What's the thing called? Uh, The screen, the jumbo, the jumbo screen. Like I just proposed to you on the The jumbo. Yeah, the jumbotron. Uh Well, Tony, thank you so much. Tony Smith-Thompson works for the New York City. uh, New York Civil Liberties Union. New York Civil Liberties Union. And she's a mom and really impressive activist organizer and she did this back in the day in 2003 when she was only 21 and when I interview her next we'll go over all the repercussions she faced, all the slurs that were said to her and the death threats. Thanks so much Tony for coming Thank you so much for having me. Yeah talk to you soon and this has been the Katie Halper Show. We're here every week at 6 p.m. although we may be starting at 7 p.m. next week and we will put that on our Facebook page but if you miss us at uh, at 6 p.m. that's because we'll be on at 7 p.m.
1: Great. Follow us on uh, at our Facebook group. Yes.
0: Bye, everyone. David Zirin interviewed her at The Nation the other day, and she was on Outside the Lines, which is apparently some kind of sports show that is affiliated with uh, ESPN. I was going to say C-SPAN, but it's ESPN. No, it is. It is. It it's is, a right? good show. It's a real show,
2: yeah. A very good show.
0: Yeah.